Welcome back, you guys. This is episode number 20 of a Simple Homesteading Life podcast, and I am Anne. And today we're going to talk about a topic which brought a lot of conversation to my Instagram and Facebook feed. And believe it or not, it was talking about dishwashers. So today's podcast is basically going to cover the amenities versus necessities versus wants. So sit back and I'm sure some of you guys are going to go, nope, can't agree with anything that you're saying. Whereas others will say, yes, okay, yes, I could do this. And then the third group is going to say, check, already did it, moved on. Now give me something a little bit more challenging to get rid of. So sit back. Today, we're going to talk about the necessities versus the wants in living a traditional, simple, sustainable life. So on my Instagram account and on my Facebook page, I posted that we no longer have a dishwasher. And I asked the general question of, do you guys still own a dishwasher? Oh, my word. There were comments after comments after comments after comments on both sites. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that so many individuals still have a dishwasher within their homes. Now, I'm not saying that owning a dishwasher is wrong. Absolutely not. But I also had given the reason why I don't have a dishwasher anymore. For example, you know, we have a very small home. Our kitchen is very tiny. And I had to decide if, oh, and zero storage space, by the way. And I had to decide if giving up our dishwasher was worth having a space to store my Excalibur dehydrator, which, you know, is pretty large, and um, keep it without having to jostle it every time that I move it. And to me, that was worthwhile. That feeds my family, that preserves the food that comes out of the garden and allows us to eat throughout the year. So that was a no-brainer to me, a no-brainer to get rid of the dishwasher in lieu of finding a place for my dehydrator. Okay, so with the conversation, there were three basic points on this. The first one was, yes, absolutely. I love hand washing dishes. It's therapeutic to me. I love to feel how clean my my dishes get. I don't have to worry about them potentially still having junk on them. I know what's going on with them to, oh no, nope. I can't get rid of my dishwasher. I have a large family. We go through so many dishes. It's a sense of peace of mind for me just to know that it could just get done and it's not sitting there. Both both extremely viable reasons as to, you know, why they either keep one or don't keep one. The third reason was kind of surprising to me. And, you know, living in this world, I have to wonder if individuals who are very adamant about sanitation and cleanliness would really be able to truly migrate towards a time where boiling water is a necessity, okay? When we go camping, I know that I'm only using cold water, right, wherever we're at, wherever we get water from, to wash our dishes. So what do I do? I boil water. (laughs) I boil water to wash the dishes because we take plastic with us when we go camping and we just hand wash it. I don't use any paper products. So I have to wonder where these individuals feel that, you know, that, The only way to get your dishes completely sanitized is by owning a dishwasher, but they are right. So basically the sterilization comes from the extreme high temps of heat within the dishwasher, the hot water that actually washes them, but it's not boiling water as well too, but you're relying on the sterilization and the hopes that your dishwasher is going to do you um, actually do an efficient job in removing the food and the grime from your food items. Okay. Their other concern was the waste of water um, hand washing causes to a dishwasher. Now here's the truth of the matter. If their dishwasher died tomorrow and they don't have a penny to buy a new one or the power grid goes off or they have to live sustainably by boiling water again, those are probabilities. So yes, 
point number three in regards to sterilization purposes by only being achieved with the use of a dishwasher really shocked me. So that made me stop and think, what other what other appliances can individuals let go of in order to claim a more traditional life? And these are the things that I think about when I ask a question like this. The next thing that came to my mind were TVs. I am not a really big TV watcher. I basically have it on for white noise in the background when I fall asleep. I've always been this way. I don't even watch YouTube. <laughs> I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch TV. When I get in my car, I don't even listen to the radio. I just like silence for the most part. I like science. I've always had a house full of children. You know, Justin and I have seven children between us. And um, I always have loved the noise of the children in the background, whether or not it's bickering to the point where I can tolerate it, to the laughing, to the crying, to the enjoyment, to the, you know, the celebration of a family. But as far as TV goes, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of TV. Now, that doesn't say that we don't own TVs here, because we do. And I will say that there is a TV in the living room, there is a TV in my daughter's room, and there is a TV in our bedroom. And, um, you know, I, I think about it, and I'm like, if we got rid of our TVs today, I would be so fine with that. I would be so fine with that. But my family would withdraw right? So in the summertime, we cut off our cable. We don't have cable in the summertime. Number one, because, you know, get your honeys outside and go play kind of mentality is what I have. Um, but for everything other purpose, Justin, if it wasn't football season, he wouldn't care to have TV either. Um, but because we left suburbia for the lifestyle that we live, it's kind of like cutting the umbilical cord, right? Either get rid of the TV or don't get rid of the TV. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's there until it's not there anymore. Now, if, if a TV broke today, would I buy a new one? I don't know. I really don't know if I would. It is one of the amenities that I could truly get rid of and not own, to be honest with you. Um, Justin is actually the same way. My children, it would be a hard loss and a hard cut, but I think they would be able to be okay as well too. And that leads me into the next one, the microwave, the microwave. And could you let it go? I mean, really? The microwave. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't even think I've shared this on social media yet, but I got rid of the microwave. Not even like, not even a month ago, I got rid of the microwave and I was told to never get rid of the microwave. Justin was like, nope, got to heat up our foods. My children, nope, that has, that's how we heat up our foods. And I just kind of was like, so, I mean, I would use it because it was there, but then it was like when I said no, because everybody wanted an air fryer. Everybody wanted an air fryer. And I didn't know, you know, a family our size, because when we all get together, there's, there's like nine, 10, there was 10 plus girlfriends and spouses. There's a lot of us here. So I wanted a big air fryer. So I went out and bought a uh, Cuisinart and I'll put it in the descriptions, a Cuisinart air fryer with a convention oven in the top. And the convention oven actually heats your food very well, especially reheats your food, especially if you put it in the air fryer setting and the air fryer tray is really large. It's enough to feed the five of us if we're here. Now, if it was more than us, then we'd have to use um, multiple times to put the air fryer in place, you know, whatever, yada, yada. But I took the microwave away. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> my children went ballistic ballistic. How do we heat our foods? It doesn't work right. It doesn't. And I said, you just got to know how to 
put the setting in. And they're still, and it's been a month having withdrawals from the microwave, still complaining about the microwave. Justin has adapted because he really wanted the air fryer. So he's adapted to knowing how to reheat his food and he's actually enjoying it. So on top of getting rid of the microwave, I got rid of the toaster. <laughs> I think my son, my, my almost 16 year old son had the most withdrawals because he loves his toast and jam in the morning loves it. He'll have it for a midnight snack. He'll have it throughout the day. He'll have it for breakfast. And so he goes, how do I toast my bread? And I go in the convention oven. It's got a toaster setting right there. Oh no, 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 no. So yes, I got rid of the toaster and the microwave at the same time for one appliance. And I'm going to tell you, my family is not enjoying it. I mean, your family may have already done that, but, but my family, no, no, they hated it hated it. And my children still hate it. Justin and I, we love it. I know how to heat my food in that. And so does Justin. And every time I try to teach my children, forget it. They just don't want to hear it. So they can eat their food cold. That's my theory and my concept anyways. But everybody's loving that air fryer. I'm going to tell you that was, I was very hesitant about air fryers until this one. And I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I swapped two modern necessities for basically one on it. But in truth, it actually makes your food taste better to heat it this way versus putting it in the microwave. That's the truth. So quick test, hide your microwave, hide your toaster and see what your family does. Honestly, I would love, love feedback to know what your family does if you do something like that. Your mode of transportation, your vehicles. This is a hard one for many people. This is really hard, really, really, really hard. and. Um, you know, it goes back to the theory of basically cash on hand, right? No debt, cash on hand. You carry your mortgage and that's it. You may carry a, a loan for um, heavy equipment that you're paying off, but your goal is to pay it off ahead of schedule, you know, on time and, and whatnot, but everything else should be cash on hand, including your vehicles. Um, I'm a very, very, very firm believer in that. And so is Justin. Um, you know, when we lived in town, we had car payments <laughs> and it ridiculous, ridiculous car payments. And now that I think about it and I'm like, for what? For what? You know, before when the car started to go downhill, we traded in for a new car. If, you know, and and I I, I just couldn't. I, I could not even think about it. We finally got out of that. We paid off um, his Jeep uh, before we bought the property and started to live this homesteading life. And then um, we bought myself a car and just paid cash on hand for that car. And it was not a $5,000 car, nor was it a $3,000 car. It was a 2000, I think 2,400 and something dollar car. It was an SUV, a little Acura SUV, older model, um, beautiful interior. Justin's really good about finding cars. And then when that car's transmission blew and we knew we didn't want to put money into it, we got a new car. And that new car, I think only costed $2,000. And now my current car, which is um, a Volkswagen station wagon, and it's a very older model, leather interior, great shape, you know, forest green in color, like not really dark forest green, but like a spring leafy kind of forest green. And um, I only paid $1,700 for that car and it had low miles on it and it is still running to this day. 
car payments are the bane of the existence of everything. And nobody really likes a car payment, but some people just feel that that's the way to go because they, the concept of repairing a car is tedious to those who don't have the skill to do so. Um, and then on top of that, they don't want to pay for a mechanic to fix it if it should go downhill. So they get looped up in this car payment cycle. Now I understand that, you know, trucks, especially one that you want to last a lifetime, if you're hauling, you know, campers or trailers or a straw, for goodness sake, whatever the case is, trucks, you know, you want a good working truck. But remember, once you pay off that truck, let it go. Let it go. Main, learn to maintain it. Learn how to utilize it and learn to stop putting money into a new vehicle because in truth, that money could be used somewhere else. These are the things that we think about when we live simply. I mean, if I had a lot of money, let me tell you what I would do. I would buy uh, cash on hand, the best car that I can afford to buy, the best car that I can afford to buy. And then I would maintain it from that point. Luckily, my husband is mechanically inclined and he can repair a car very easily, you know, but if he can't, we reserve money set aside to go ahead and use that emergency money to do car repair. And when you plan your budget for the year, you've got to think about things like that. And then if you don't spend that money on car repairs, guess what happens? That money then gets moved over to the next new car if you have to buy it or a, a bigger expense like a transmission and the car runs good and you want to still repair it or whatever the case is. That's how it is. I mean, car payments are one of the last things that people sometimes tend to get rid of. I mean, and we're not counting mortgages because mortgages are always going to be there unless you're gifted property from a family member. However, however, you still got to pay your taxes, number one. And number two, Car payments are just things that people just take for granted because they don't want to put the time to repair it or spend the money continually on a mechanic to repair it. So with that said, you know, I, I know so many people who live this life that have a car payment and it's like, I just look at them and I'm like, just let it go. Let it go. It's like my gray hair, right? When I decided to stop dyeing my hair, it was just, just let it go. Just let it go and learn to live with it and find the beauty in what you have. That applies to a car just the same. The last thing that my mind went to was Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi makes the world go round. Wi-Fi allows me to work from home. Wi-Fi allows me to research things. Wi-Fi allows me to, you know, um, work on my phone or a tablet or something. You know, whatever the case is, it's Wi-Fi. We have surrounded our life in Wi-Fi, and that is the joy of modern living. That is the joy of modern living. I mean, if we had to, off-grid, power grid went down completely, natural disaster, whatever the case is, you know, many of us can revert back to traditional old-world living if we have created a library for ourselves to do so. Okay, so maybe that's what something I should talk about is a library of books that you should have on hand at all times. I'm getting ready to do back-to-back -back podcasts because I fell a little behind last week. So I think the next podcast, look for Friday's podcast to come out and it's going to be a library of books to have on hand in case the grid should go out and what you're going to need. Okay. So, so listen for that podcast. I was going to do something else, but I'll do that one instead. So anyways, um, if the grid goes out, you know, if you have the right books on hand, you could still research. And then, unfortunately, a lot of individuals don't have seasoned teachers, right? You're not going to be able to pick up the phone and call your your friend across the country and go, hey, how do you do this? 
do you have a seasoned teacher in your area that can actually walk you through any of this stuff if the Wi-Fi goes out? Do you? I mean, is there a neighbor? Oh my gosh, I've got a great neighbor down the road from me, Mr. Perkins. He and I talk apples and orchards and bees and the ground and the garden and preserving and and treating ourselves naturally. And he's a dentist. You know, every time I see him, like the kids go, mom, don't talk to him too long. And I'm like, nope, I'm there for 45 minutes. We're chit-chatting, older gentleman. I love him to death. So anyways, do you have that teacher that can replace the Wi-Fi? Do you have the right books on hand to replace that Wi-Fi? Do you have a folder that contains imperative um, imperative information for you to resource going forward. I mean, that's something that we all give, get rid of and, and don't even think about doing. And if you do do it, oh my gosh, hats off to you because girl, I'm going to slow cap or mister, I'm going to slow cap for you all the way, all the way, all the way for hours because that is something that most people don't do. They don't have an emergency binder that will give them tips on how to treat or books for reference on how to treat naturally or even foraging books for your location on medicinal and edible items. And it shocks me. It shocks me. So with that, we have a lot of cookbooks though. <laughs> we all have a lot of cookbooks. I can promise you that. And so we can eat well, right? But preserving, unless you already know how to do it, you need to have the book. Mine is a great one to have on hand. I'll put it in the descriptions. But what I'm saying is the the herb care, the the um the the preserving foods and how to butcher and how to do this and how to do that, especially if you're not seasoned, is a necessity too. So Wi-Fi goes down, are you prepared? And honestly, I don't think many are. They're really not. Um, you can have the traditions in your family that you were passed down and that is incredible. And those people are the, the gold mines of traditional living. I'm gonna tell you this. And so, you know, you think about it, you know, we laugh about, you know, not having Wi-Fi and whatnot because we use it so much, so much. But in truth, you know, part of living the life that we live, sustainable living, homesteading, farming, um, reclaiming traditional values, are you really prepared? In truth, are you really prepared if a natural disaster, um, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not going to go conspiracy, conspiracy theory or anything like that. But I mean, are you truly prepared? Oh my goodness, that was the funnest, quickest podcast I've ever done. And I, I'm not laughing at anybody in any way, shape, or form. And, and, and trust me when I say I use Wi-Fi, you know, I don't have a car payment. I don't have a microwave, but I do have an electric convention oven and air fryer. Um, I don't have a toaster, right? I don't have a dishwasher because I found another tool that I needed, which is an electric tool to get by. But I do have the resources and I do have someone close to me and I do have a lot of books, educational books on hand that if anything should happen, I could, could still continue with my learning without the use of Wi-Fi. So with that said, as promised, I am going to give you for Friday's podcast this Friday, my library of books to have on hand for offline learning and if anything should happen for you. Okay, because I think that's important. So let's talk about that on Friday. I'm glad I really thought about it the last minute. Let's talk about that on Friday. And you guys are going to learn what you need to have on hand for anything that should happen. And in truth, 
have a couple of good fiction books on hand because your mind needs to wander somewhere. If it happens during the dead of winter, you want to read something, you know, something that's going to cause your mind to escape a little bit. If you're not crocheting or knitting or, or doing whatever, you know, around the property and you, you're idle, you're going to want other things to read other than true educational books. Trust me when I say that. Trust me when I say that. All right, you guys, that was it for episode 20. And that was the funnest episode I think I've ever done. The thoughts just kept flowing on that. And I hope this has you stopping and thinking a little bit about the items that you can eliminate in your life to continue to move on to living a little bit more traditionally and a little bit more in values of sustainable living. I still own a washer and dryer. I do. I do. I do. I am. Do I have everything that I need to potentially hand wash? No, but you know, I do love to line dry in the summertime, but that's nothing. You know, that's nothing. I think about the people who live off grid and I'm like, Oh, again, another slow cap for you guys that, um, you are hand washing your own clothes because that is one amenity that I will be the last thing that I ever potentially would say I could ever get rid of is a washer and dryer. I love my washer and dryer. It's an old one, but I love it nevertheless. Okay, you guys, episode 22 is going to come to you this Friday, and it is about books to have in your library in regards to learning how to live more traditionally and sustainably if Wi-Fi should no longer be available for you. Have a great week, and I'll see you on Friday.